Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at That's My Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. 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 Can we just do a test? Can you hear me say woo woo? Oh wow, y'all really did that. Can you hear me say <laughs> hey? All right, guys. I'll let them take oh, it. Oh, y'all, y'all tried it. Oh, can, can y'all not hear Glenn? <laughs> Say, hey. <laughs> Panda's like, hey, I said it. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Oh, you hear it. Can y'all hear me? I can't, I'm not going to do a call and response. But y'all can hear me, right? Yeah. Right. Now you don't That's know. how you guys do a call <laughs> and response. <laughs> can, let's see if they oh, can hear you. Call. Response. There we go. All right. All right. It's so tempting to do like an ASMR moment right now. Okay, don't. I won't. I'll refrain. All right. Well, we are Black Girls Texting. We have our propaganda up here for y'all to see. Um, <laughs> so make sure you're following us. But Chelsea, you want to do the formal intro? Yes. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedstye Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. And today, live in front of your faces, we have Dana Scruggs, y'all! So originally from the south side of Chicago, so people don't get it twisted, south side of Chicago. <laughs> Dana has been living and working in New York for the past seven years. I remember meeting you and I just was enamored just by your whole vibe. So I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um, in 2016, you launched Scruggs Magazine. It's a print publication dedicated to your vision of the male form, which we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. And it was... Dana's way of really showing creative editorial editorial content, um, and she wrote and photographed all the content by herself. So, like, this was kind of your whole initiative, and you were like, I'm just getting into it. We also are really curious as to how you even decided to do that, but we're going to keep getting into his bio because the accolades are real. <laughs> so in the spring of 2018, after self-assigning for almost six years, you were offered the opportunity to shoot ESPN's Body Issue, which was your first major breakthrough in the industry. So we're just gonna... This is weird because I can't hear y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were the first female photographer to shoot an athlete for the Body Issue in its 10-year history. You broke even more barriers in November of 2018 when you were the first black person to shoot the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in its 50-year history, shooting Travis Scott. Yeah, and over a 1,000 covers, which Rolling Stone used to be a weekly publication. So it just goes to show how you know these mm -hmm. institutions don't really think about who it is that they're hiring for their, you know, for these covers to work with them. Uh, it's just always, you know, who I know, who runs in the same social circles as me. Uh, so like when the Rolling Stone thing happened, it was kind of a big deal because it's kind of huge. also, it's uh, huge and it's true. also, you know, I don't want to say, it's it's bittersweet is mm -hmm. what I would say. It's mm -hmm. very bittersweet. Absolutely. We want to learn more about that as well. But some of your clients include obviously Rolling Stone, the New York Times, Essence Magazine, ESPN, Nike, Apple, New York Magazine, Town and Country, InStyle, GQ, and and so much more. So we're really, really excited to have you here with us and to learn more about your journey. Thank you. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Yes. 
Exciting. And the whole mission behind what we do, being black girls texting, is to have um, sort of unfiltered conversations that you imagine that you would have in your group chat. So that's the kind of conversation that we want to have with, with you today, Dana. Um, and for those that don't know, our podcast comes out every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And we're really excited Shameless to be doing... Not no shame, actually. No. Um, we're really excited to be doing this event tonight at Soho Works and in partnership with Outlet FYI, which is an experimental media platform and multicultural marketing agency rooted in the arts, all about uplifting artists, artists of color. So this conversation is really important for that. Yes. So Let's we're going to hop in. We're going to yes. start with a right or reply. So oh, if yes. You, if you've been to any of our shows, and th- come on in. Welcome. <laughs> you all, let's give her a clap in. <laughs> You're not late, girl. It's okay. You're not late, girl. Um, okay, grab a glass of wine. So, Red or Reply is... I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been drinking wine. Red or Reply is a game that we play on our live shows because we're black girls texting. So, when you get a text message and you leave it on red, it's like corny, it's whack. You're not here for it. Mm-hmm. If you reply, you're here for it. You like it. Does that make sense? So, red... On red, thumbs like, down. Okay. Reply, it's a no. R E B or R E A D? R E A D. Leave the text like on leave red. it on red. Okay. Oh, Dana, actually, what kind of phone do you have? Because your okay. bubbles come up green. I have an iPhone, but I use Google Voice oh. because it transcribes all of my voicemails, so I don't have to like listen to voicemails, which is I hate listening to voicemails. Like nails on a chalkboard. She's so I just so read them. Yeah. So that okay. would be left on red. Okay, right. okay, okay. So, okay. yeah, voicemails left on red for you because you don't like them. Okay. Okay, cool. Chicago deep dish. I'm vegan, so it would have to be <gasps> vegan Chicago deep dish. But prior to me being vegan, definitely Chicago deep dish, red, Giordano's. Oh, I um, love Giordano's. Like Chicago. But, you know, I don't condone it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Wait, are you an animal lover? I love all animals, and that's why I don't eat them and I don't wear them so and not just cats and dogs you know if you love animals you gotta love everybody because they're all they all want to live they all want to just enjoy life just like us and and that's why I decided to become vegan so yeah cool um all black outfits red because I only wear white I know so this was like a a secret way of us just asking (laughs) okay (laughs) what is the reasoning behind because we always see you always in all white is there like, what is the thought process? Is there a reason? Yeah, there is. Um, when I first moved to New York, I moved 13 times the first 18 months I was here. I, you know, was struggling financially. Uh, I, by the end of that, like, period of time, I had, like, slept on box springs and, you know, random people's houses. Mm. I uh, slept on couches, you know, wherever I could. And when I finally kind of got myself together, um, I, and I could finally afford to wear, clo- wear clothes or buy clothes. Uh, everything I gravitated towards was light colored. And then within a month, I was wearing all white because uh, I went from literally like not buying clothes for 18 months. All my clothes were rags. I had like, you know, Ked shoot like $2 Keds that I got from a Kmart. I got two, got them for two, two for five. And I was like so happy about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, people don't see the struggle that it takes for you to like get to where you're going. They always see the the success so they see mm-hmm. you know whatever's on the ground but like you know I struggled like it took me a long time to get here and and you know it was worth everything um mm-hmm. that I went through so yeah so it was kind of like like a rebirth I, it sounds corny but kind of a rebirth so like no I just only wear white now and I, I only feel comfortable wearing um white 
Yeah, so yeah. for me, religiously, when you are initiated, you wear white for a whole what year. religion? Not everyone knows. Okay, so if y'all don't know, I'm a whole-ass witch. <laughs> um, I practice a traditional African religion called Ilukumi. It might also be known as Santeria, Candomblé. Um, and when you are initiated, you, you wear all white for a year. And it's like a rebirth. It's a yeah. refresh. And like whenever shit is popping off, my mom's like, you better put some white on. Put a white <laughs> scarf on, girl, because you got to get them demons off you, you know? Like, But in, well, in reality, it's really, it's really, really a, a great thing that you're doing. At first, when I met you, I was like, she down with the right gang gang <laughs> but i didn't even know like that's the thing like i didn't know that that's what it meant it was just like it just was within me that mm-hmm. I, I just needed to only wear white and then i started meeting people that were like oh do you are you uh do you practice yoruba mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you know all these things and it was like oh okay this is like an ancestral thing this is something that's like come from deep inside me right. that yep. i didn't even realize you know? say that that's how why you were like you know intrinsically drawn to it yeah, yeah, absolutely. It also looks great on brown skin. Like, that too. Yeah, like white. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. Um, a stiff model, red or reply. Uh, I mean, reply because it's also like my. It's part of my job to mm. uh, mold somebody into more than what they think they can be. Mm-hmm. So a stiff model is a challenge. And, you know, I want them to be a better model, too. So a lot of models, when they work with me, they're like, you know, I learned so much, you know, from, you know, our photo shoot just because and this is going to help me, you know, when I'm actually going on castings and when I'm on a job, because I don't really, you know, nobody people usually just tell me how to pose they just like put your hand here put your leg here whatever they feel like they're a part of a collaborative process with me and that's how they can learn and like better themselves as models so i would definitely say reply mm. oh i love that i'm a stiff model okay um <laughs> i'll teach you something okay <laughs> can't wait um so iphones right now are the number one selling camera uh would you put an iphone camera on red or reply reply Okay. Uh, Would you do like a photo shoot on an iPhone? Yes. There's hesitancy there. Well, I mean, yes, I would. Uh, <laughs> What's the pause? No, I mean, because I work for a certain company. So oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. Moving okay. on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right, because no Apple ain't paying. Nobody bills Nobody's here. Nobody's getting paid nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on um, to the next one. So we really wanted to frame our conversation today around um, some really amazing images that you've taken and look at them through uh, the lens of craft and uh, style, but also through the stories that are behind those images and how they reflect your journey. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go on a journey. Let's start. Let's kick it off. Okay. It's our okay. first image. Also, since we're live recording this, could you describe what we're looking at? Yes. yes. Is there any way to turn the house lights down? Yeah, it's very. Oh, yes. Um, Can we photos? turn the house lights down? All right, okay. we're working so on it. So we'll get it. started. But um, this is an image from the cover of my magazine uh, called Scruggs. Because uh, I have to have my name on everything. I have to let people know that, like, it's me and this is me that did this. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, for six and a half years, I self-assigned. Like, I didn't have, uh, you know, publications interested in working with me. I would, you know, try to, you know, meet with uh, publications. I would try to email them and, you know, say, like, can I shoot an editorial for you? Even just, like, these, like, online publications, like, nobody would give me a shot. And most of the models that I wanted to shoot with, um, 
they were at a certain level so that agencies wouldn't let them mm. shoot unless it was for a print publication. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make mm-hmm. a print publication and shoot the models I want and do what I want to do uh, creatively uh, with them. And um, so that's how I started Scruggs. Um, and I basically just, I shot everything myself. I wrote all the content. Um, this is <clears throat> Adonis Basso. And he w- this was the first shoot that I did for the magazine. It ended up being the cover shoot. And I basically, you know, I say basically a lot. Oh, no. It's I'm fine. You start to realize it when you listen yeah. to yourself all the time. Saying, yeah, it's weird to hear my own voice. <laughs> yeah. But anywho, um, so at first I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take photos of these models and, like, you know, write some sort of, like, vapid, you know, connection with them or whatever. Like, oh, they were so graceful or whatever, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. But then at a certain point um, when I was taking these, when I was doing these shoots and I started writing the content, I felt like it just wasn't uh, reflective of like who I am as a person, who I'm as a writer and my, my journey. And so I started like one night I was writing something. I was like, this is just like shallow as hell. Mm-hmm. And I started writing about like my non-existent relationship with my father. And then it tied in with a model who uh, is a, he's not a single father, but he's a young father. And I shot him for this. And it, it kind of like just went into all these, um, these things that I never talked about. And I think in the black community, we don't talk about a lot of things. We just kind of bottle them up. Mm-hmm. So I like put a lot of stuff out there that I never discussed uh, with most of my friends even. Um, so it was very cathartic to do yeah. the magazine. And it was also very frightening because I just, I'm a very private person. And I just like, I'm like now all these people are gonna know these things about me. They're, maybe they're gonna judge me or whatever, but but mainly not the judgment is just people knowing things about me when I didn't want, when I maybe had been ashamed about certain things or maybe, I don't know. So I tied in all the, the stories with uh, with the models, like with things that had happened to me. So it kind of like made sense of like, okay, I'm shooting this one uh, model uh, who basically we were out on the street and um, he's from Brazil and we were ordering, um, he was ordering food at a food cart and he basically had come here from Brazil a month before, didn't speak a lick of English. And then within a month he was fluent in English, but he he ordered his food with um uh, an accent and this man behind me was like they keep letting them in they keep letting them in mm. and I look back and it was a man that looked like he was Italian like probably first or second generation maybe and it's like it it, it me, it's like you know these people you know no, nobody wants to be on the bottom it's like the people that like white people essentially they forget that they're like one or two generations removed from being immigrants like their their families are immigrants but you want to like demonize this young guy for coming here learning our language and speaking with an accent, and, mm-hmm. and you're saying he's here basically illegally. They keep letting him in. So I wrote about that, like our, our photo shoot, and then like, you know, how, you know, they just want black people basically to shuck and jive. But if you like speak out about anything regarding like racism or the things we actually go through, um, and just literally like being black or being other in this, you know, literally this guy's just on the street living, and you want to like basically attack him. So, uh, so that was like what that story was about, yeah. Did you find that you were then seeking out certain shots based off of stories you wanted to tell, or they were just kind of like working out that way that you would be like able organically. to? Yeah. It was just organic. Okay. Like I would just have a model that I wanted to shoot. I had a concept I wanted to shoot. And then I would just 
base the writing off of that. And it, it took forever. It took two years. Wow. So it wasn't like even like an overnight thing. Like I thought I was going to die. Literally, I was sending my all my passwords and everything to my friend. Like if I die, like, you know, <laughs> this is how this is my editor. This is my printer, like everything. Because it's like it's so much stress. Yeah. And like you're doing so, something that means so much to you. And it's like if you go, if you die, then like, it's just gonna live on your computer for eternity until the aliens come and, you know, <laughs> ten, year 10,000 and right. find it on your hard drive. It's like, you know, you want you want it to live on, you know, right. regardless of if you're here or not. And is that the importance of putting your name exactly on everything? It's a legacy. Yeah, exactly. And it's I've always legacy. wanted a legacy. So. Absolutely, and yeah. I think what you're doing also is documentation in its like purest form. So like that goes hand in hand with with legacy and what's going to be lasting. Um, a lot of your subjects in Scruggs were men, mm -hmm. um, black men in the black male form. Mm -hmm. Was that something that you intended to do from the beginning or was that another organic sort of? Let's just give it up for black yeah. men real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Woo! I'm like, I'm, oh, nah. <laughs> oh. Some of y'all need a little, a little tape and glue, but. I mean, maybe we'll that's what this it. is about, yeah. though. Like, Not a little tape, tape and glue. glue and the yeah. love, right? Yeah. Oh, welcome. Well, you know, um, oh, hey. Oh, wow. It's a lot of people. We're talking <laughs> about black men right now. <laughs> Some needing tape and glue. First time I'm hearing this phrase, it will now like it, be <laughs> constantly incorporated. <laughs> well, um, initially, you know, basically for the first six and a half years that I was working, I was only interested in shooting men. And I was only shooting men and people knew me for shooting men. I wasn't shooting women unless it was like they were paying me mm -hmm. like a paid shoot. Um, and then like, I'd say three years, three and a half years into me just focusing everything on the uh, men in the male form, I started focusing my work on the black male form. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was shortly after Scruggs. So like when I shot Adonis, you can, you can flip to the next image if you want. Um, after I were, uh, shot this work, it kind of just like made me realize like I have like I had shied away from shooting black men for many for a few reasons mm. uh, but like one of them is you know the industry like doesn't take you as seriously if you're shooting black people mm. uh, or they didn't back then so I was like I need to shoot white models so that they take me seriously so they start hiring me and and this and that and then when I shot Adonis and and this is the second time I'd actually shot him but the work every time I've shot him like the work has like leapt and this time I just knew it was so special and I was like you know what? I want to concentrate on fleshing this out and like seeing where it can go with like black men and and, and I just had a strong interest in it so like from then on, I was pretty much only shooting black men. So only recently in the last like year and a half, I've really started shooting women because I've been assigned, you know, uh, more job shooting women and and get, gotten more opportunities to shoot like celebrity or whatever. And um, and so it's kind of a new thing. And it's interesting that people don't even know me for shooting men when that's literally like mm -hmm. all people knew me for. Mm -hmm. um, when I at the little bit of notoriety I had within, you know, New York, essentially. Right. Is, is uh, there a reason you shied away from shooting women? I just wasn't interested. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, like, I'm attracted to men. I am attracted to male and masculine energy. And, like, and there's also kind of, like, a voyeuristic viewpoint that comes from that as well because of, like I said, like, issues that I had, you know, yeah. with my father and, like, not having that relationship. And I think that was like a way for me to connect with men without, you know, being hurt. You yeah. know what I mean? And that could be Interesting. You know, creative. It's like a study. It's a study, exactly. Yeah. So another thing that's really striking about these images is the 
like the richness of the complexion. And I feel like, I don't know, as I was looking through your images, I remember like when Moonlight came out, everyone was so like blown away by the way that mm. like darker complexions were showing up on on camera mm -hmm. and everyone was suddenly like, wow, yeah, people have been, black people have been lit badly forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, just talk to us about your process of lighting and and just, yeah, I feel like this aesthetic, especially like this richness of color is something that mm -hmm. people are trying to do a lot now and you've been doing this from the beginning. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I love Barry Jenkins, mm -hmm. he's amazing. Uh, yeah, so with this work, um, actually, like I said, I didn't have any money when I was coming up and I didn't have money to rent studio space. So I would shoot everything on handball courts. So this was shot on a handball court in Queens wow. where I was living at the time. And um, and I really didn't know that much about Photoshop because when I just when I started um, being a photographer, I didn't know anything about photography. I just kind of like uh, jumped. It's a long story, but I kind of just started, you know, at a certain point and like had to teach myself everything. Uh, so like these images that I shot for this magazine, like especially the, the Sedonis work, it took forever to like figure out the colors. I had like a hundred different versions of this image and like every image that ended up in the magazine because like I was just tweaking constantly. Mm -hmm. Like I tweaked these images for two years. Um, and now it's easy for me to get to this point with with my work, but that's like, you have to put in those hours. It's like somebody said the quote, it took me 10,000 hours to, to, you know, do something that now it only takes me two hours. And that's what mm. you're paying me for. You pay me for that 10,000 hours that it took mm. me uh, to do this work. So, so yeah, I basically spent 10,000 hours, uh, not, not even just on this, but probably like more than a hundred thousand hours, just like learning how to retouch, learning how to bring my images from shooting to a final, like, the final result, which I feel like that's starting to be lost now because a lot of young photographers are just relying on retouchers to 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 bring their images to full um, uh, to fruition, essentially, yeah. and not learning how to like do it themselves, which like that's how my aesthetic was created. Mm. It was like because I spent like so many hours figuring it out and and I wouldn't have gotten there if I just handed them off to somebody else. Um, and then also a side note, like. I always say, you know, it's important to make personal work because you never know where it's going to lead. You you need to like constantly be um, uh, flexing those muscles, even if you're not making money, even if nobody knows who you are, even if nobody's willing to hire you. Because this work, I made in 2014, and nobody was interested in me. Nobody was interested in that work. It came out in 2016. Still didn't uh, have anything, you know, happening in terms of like. Uh, publications or brands or anything like that and then last in 2019 um, Kenneth Cole reached out and they asked to meet with me I go into the meeting they had this whole uh, story they had all my wow. Adonis images the yellow and blue pants images mocked up as their spring summer uh, 2020 campaign and they said we want you to recreate your campaign mm. uh, re wow. recreate those images for our campaign wow. um, that shows. yeah so yeah. it was like I, I do too because I literally had seen my work you know copied yes. you know in magazines mm. with brand you know mm -hmm. big brands I would like was working at this uh, at a certain place, I'm not gonna name names, but I was working somewhere. Sure, we could and light them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was working somewhere, and like one night, I was just like flipping through a magazine, feeling like you know, just normal, like okay, like you know, I'm just working. And then I open the magazine, and like a photograph that's very specific that you will not come to, just in the ether, like creating this image with two bodies 
was recreated like mm-hmm. in in this magazine and I was like just bursting into tears because it was mm-hmm. like I'm just like I'm trying to make it it seems like every time you know I'm making work is for other people to mm-hmm. profit off of and it just like is disheartening um but uh but now you know it's like I, I went through that and I and I stuck it out and I didn't give up and, and now I'm here so um so yeah that Kenneth Cole campaign just came out um yeah a couple that's, weeks ago. that's like the epitome of like I don't know the, 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 the phrase that people say, but like, take us off of your mood boards and like bring us exactly. to the table. Like, mm-hmm. they literally could have just tacked that onto their mood board. Right. Like, That's what I was thinking. Else. They could just find took her, your whole shit. Right. And they do. Like, I don't know yeah. how many times when I wasn't actually, you know, working, I literally was just making personal work. I would, you know, run into creative directors and different, you know, people that maybe I was like friendly with and like, yeah, oh, this company has, you know, your photos on their mood board. This company has this publication is like, you know, like I just see, you know, your work all the time. Like people Mm. would know who I was, but like nobody would hire me Mm. and and nobody gave me a shot until, you know, ESPN body issue, which, you know, that's (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this you know, this shoot, this photograph, you know, changed everything for me. Um, Karen Frank at ESPN reached out to me on the same day. I got fired from a job um, that I'm not going to go into details, but I was wrongly fired uh, from a job. And um, she reached out to me and asked me if I would shoot for the body issue. And that was a goal of mine my entire life, not mm-hmm. entire life, <laughs> the entire time I'd been a photographer to shoot for body. And it's such a... Uh, it's very difficult for photographers who've been working for many, many years to get an opportunity like that. And I literally had no editorial work. I had no um, brand work. Um, you know, I'd met with a bunch of magazines that wouldn't hire me because they're like, well, you know, we like your work, but you don't have any, you know, editorial. Um, so when Karen gave me a shot, you know, it was a big deal. And um, I knew immediately also that when she offered it to me, I was the first black woman to shoot for the for the issue. Uh, I didn't say anything, of course, until it, you know, was published and not published until like it had been confirmed that it was going to be published and everything. And I asked them to check their archive because I thought I was the black first black woman to do it. And my photo editor was like, I've been here the whole 10 years and you are the first. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a long time coming. So. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know, really appreciative for her because that of her because that, you know, basically I was an unknown given like yeah. this huge huge shot yeah. and and that changed my whole life so yeah well we need those gatekeepers to open up the goddamn gate once exactly. in a while exactly right. um, sorry. go ahead i was gonna ask about nudity mm-hmm. because <laughs> yeah. um i've noticed in a lot of your work you you have nude subjects mm-hmm. is there something in particular that like attracts you to it? well attracts is the wrong word but like makes you want to photograph a naked body um, I just like the simplicity of it. I mean, it's very normal, you know. Um, when I, like years ago, I took like nude photos of myself, and at first it was like, oh my god, you know, like I'm gonna post these, and I posted these on on, on Facebook or whatever. And it was so liberating, and yeah. I, and I'm just like, I'm just looking at this body, and it's like, everybody's just this is this is what we look like. This is everybody has this, you know what I mean? And we've been conditioned to be so ashamed of how we look and and ashamed of nudity and it's like it's so normal. Mm-hmm. So I don't like when I was looking at nude photos of myself, I was like not even really noticing the nudity. It's just 
my body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What you see every day. It's what you see every day. Right. And so like, and, and this is, you know, the body issue is about, you know, nudity essentially. Uh, but yeah, when I see this image, I don't really think, first thought in my head isn't she's nude. It's just like, wow, like look at the shape, the form, mm-hmm. uh, you know, her skin, you know, uh, I don't really see nudity when I look at nude photos. Well, movement in your photos is really important. So I would imagine mm-hmm. even having just the figure allows you to really, you know, see, yeah, right. see everything. Yeah. yeah, see all the lines. That actually makes me think, how did you break your ankle? Does that something oh, to do with you movement and your process in shooting? Because I, somebody told me that you crawl around, you like bend your body in wild ways uh-huh. when you're taking photos. Yeah, when I'm taking photos, I'm like at every angle, I'm all over the place. And then I'm also like giving models direction. Like I'm showing them like, if if I know that there's a shape that I want, like I'll like do some like random shape with my own body um, and, and work with them that way. Uh, but actually it was so mundane. I was in Atlanta on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Atlanta on Friday for a job. And um, it's a long story, but I'm gonna keep it really short. Uh, I was just at the airport and stepped out of my Uber, took three or four steps, and rolled my ankle off the curb. And um, literally had, that was that afternoon on Friday, I had a two-day job, a really big job, probably the biggest job that I've done. Uh, Actually, it is the biggest job I've done. Uh, At 8 a.m. the next morning, it was two days of work. And um, yeah, so I uh, went to urgent care, got it, got a binding on it. And I was, you know, on set the next day at 8 a.m. So, yeah, and and turned it out. And so, turned it out. And turned yes, it out. and yeah. turned it out. So, Do you yeah. like having your photo taken? Yes and no. I have to trust the person that's taking it. Mm. And I do like my photo taken. I like to, to you know, do all kinds of shapes and, like, you know, get, you know, weird get with weird. it. Mm. Uh, but I really, if I'm taking, if somebody's taking my photo with a real camera, like, not like an iPhone, then I really want to trust the photographer that's doing it. And there's a few, there's a few, only a few, probably. So Apple sponsor her. Maybe she might call your camera real. Oh, that would make a good commercial. <laughs> well, I was in an Apple commercial, actually. Right. Exactly. Oh, I'm like, I feel like I was doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year. I saw that. I yeah. did. Um, but wait, you said trust. How do you, like, build that sort of trust or rapport with your subject? I just like their work. Oh, the photographers that's taking Yeah, my like photo. if you're mm-hmm. working with a model. Yeah. Like, you knowing that that's something that's important to you as a subject. Right. Um, well, I, you know, people are going to trust you or they aren't. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to push you. So, you know, you don't have to trust me if you try. Uh, if you're trying to, you know, uh, do what I'm asking you to do, then we're going to get something great. If you don't trust me and you're just, like, fighting me the whole time, I'm going to, like, keep keep pushing you and we're going to get something maybe a little bit more, maybe not great like mm-hmm. we could have. But um, I don't need a model to trust me. I want them to mm-hmm. a model or, you know, subject or whoever. But uh, but luckily I haven't had like too much of an issue with that. Um, even when people don't trust me, I just keep pushing them. And then at the end they're like, oh, my God, that looks so great. And I'm like, yeah, I told you. Just <laughs> <laughs> What's know. the vibe like? Do you play music? Is there like snacks? sometimes there's music you know like when i'm shooting outdoors if i'm shooting like just like you know personal work with like a model or or models um maybe there won't be uh uh 
music because we're just like on the street or we're mm. on a handball court or whatever and i don't have one of those portable like music thingies uh speakers <laughs> um but but yeah it's just it's just building so like basically i'll give you kind of like an idea of how i used to do this i have like a, a quicker uh way of of loosening a model up or figuring out how to get their bodies to move but uh, i used to do like layers of ideas with models and um like this one model uh, i don't have this image up here but it's one of my favorite images um and uh basically i told temperton like he was an astronaut because i knew he needed to be like lighter mm -hmm. and, and, and more buoyant and then i was like okay pretend like you're an astronaut doing tai chi because i needed him to like open up and like and have so lighter. Love this. i can see yeah. that and then I was like, pretend you're a model doing Tai Chi while getting chased by Godzilla because I needed like more tension and energy. And I would just like add add things. I don't really do that as much anymore, but but it's really helpful, like giving people like a mission to like a purpose when they're doing things. Cause they're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay. And they're like in their head. And they're yeah. in their head. And yeah. yeah, so it just gives them, you know, something to have you hold ever on to. tried to shoot children? I have shot children. Okay, because I feel like you would love working with them because there's no inhibition there. They'll just like <laughs> do whatever. Because I'm like, that would be a great kindergarten exercise. Well, Sorry, my teacher brain. Okay. Right. Okay. They're, they're like a little bit too like unfocused. Mm. All right, keep the kids at home. Oh, yeah. Next image. So, yeah, this is. Don't want to touch this coronavirus. Oh, no. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory that black people cannot get coronavirus. She got real hotep with me. But it's fine. She was like, she is we the don't mother got the chromosome because of the virus. We ain't getting that. I don't know what to tell you. They didn't get us in slavery. They didn't get us with this virus. But let's describe this image, though, for the listeners, because this is a podcast. Yeah, that we couldn't bring the house lights down. No, that's just like all oh, okay. in the unless we like sat here in the dark, which could kind of be a vibe. It could be a vibe, honestly. Uh, I think that would be better, honestly, because uh, you can't really see the images. Yeah, let's, let's sit in the dark. Off. Woo! Black yeah. girl sex is an immersive experience. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> No you were the only business. person that went to that creep. I know. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> I'll be like this. <laughs> also, I just want to say you're so fascinating, like hearing just how your brain works. Uh -huh. It's like all the levels of the creativity, like from taking everything and saying, oh, okay, now I'm going to tell this story from this photo, or this is how I'm going to teach my models how to move, or this is how I'm just like, everything you do, I, I want to read your astrological chart. What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. I knew oh. it. I knew it. I knew it. Because she was like, I told you that it was going to look good. I'm a Cap. What's your birthday? January 18th, 1993. Okay. You're uh, you're like an Aquarius cusp. Ew. I'm not ill. Okay. My best yeah. friend is an Aquarius. Okay. But I don't feel Aquarius-y. Okay. No, I have like friends that, have, most of my close friends are Capricorns. Okay. And the ones that are born in uh, January are a bit more flighty. Are you just sure you're not a Sagittarius? Cat? No, I'm absolutely. I'm December thirtieth. <laughs> I'm like full on Capricorn. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, I'm very I thought, serious I thought about that was shade. it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's not. No, piece, no, no. It's, 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 it's not shade. It was. It's not shade. It's just literally that's just like. My do you know story. your other like your rising and your moon? I don't. And okay, oh, we don't, don't do just right. give just give me a minute and yeah. a, and a the birth time. You know, honestly, my mom doesn't remember what time I was born. It's fine. We just we just won't know your rising. It's all good. We can get. We can figure everything else okay. out. Um, but this image is my cover uh, of Rolling Stone magazine um, that I shot of Travis Scott. And um, 
It was, uh, yeah, this was also like a huge marker. It changed my life completely. Like even the ESPN body issue, like started the ball rolling, Mm -hmm. but this one just like made a snowball. Um, when I was offered, um, the, the cover, um, Katrina Nyadalan, uh, who's the director of creative content at, <coughs> at Rolling Stone. She's new there. She's shaking things up. She's trying, you know, new things. And I'm really grateful to her as well. Um, she asked me to do it. And, and like, I thought I was just coming in for a meeting once again. Like, sometimes you just go into these meetings and you think you're just like, you know, mm-hmm. talking. But she offered this to me and immediately I knew I was the first black person to do it. I didn't say anything again because, you know, you just never know with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you know this? Because I read Rolling Stone like for like as a like when I was from a lot, for a long time. Okay. And I just knew that mm-hmm. like they only have certain photographers shoot their covers. Got it. So like I just knew automatically. Wow. Hey. <laughs> and um and uh yeah, so I just knew automatically and so once the cover was confirmed, uh, I asked them to check their archive and they went through their whole archive, which is, like I said, it was a thousand covers over the course of 50 years. Wow. And the only other cover they had wasn't exactly, it was, a, it was a, a cover of one of Gordon Park's images. It wasn't like a, a photo that he had shot for the magazine. Right, right. It was a photo that they had used and it was like many, many years ago, like 30 years ago or something like that. So I was the first black person to shoot the cover of Rolling Stone. Um, and then Campbell Addy just became the second black person. He shot um, uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, oh, SZA, yeah. And Normani. And Normani. Mm-hmm. It just so came out. SZA was tight well, happy Black it. History Month. Yeah, Making history. history. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's been so, a rough month. They should give us June. <laughs> Yo, I really, I heard people going to start a petition around that. And I, I would sign <laughs> February is a whack ass. Makes month. mad sense. It should be, and it's the shortest. It's it should shortest. be the whole year though, because like we we really are the we culture, are okay. and we're gonna be the last ones here. <laughs> Hotep. <laughs> don't listen to her. Doesn't know anything about science. I don't. Um, <laughs> I do have one thing to mm-hmm. like say about this yes. cover. Is like you know it's interesting when black people make accomplishments uh, within you know white. Spaces. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I know that it's problematic that, you know, this that I was the first. Mm-hmm. Um, but me saying I'm the first is important because otherwise people don't think about the fact, especially photo editors, creative directors, they don't think about the fact that they're not hiring people that look like me. Right. So when this cover came out, I ended up getting like um, bullied on Instagram by a white f- female photographer. I saw that. Yeah. Um, basically saying that now all these magazines are giving out covers uh, just to say that they have a black person shooting giving that cover. Giving out covers. Yeah. And wow. like in 20, she was like in 2019, we're only, we're going to see all these like black photographers shooting covers and they don't deserve it essentially because basically she said I had no talent and all these things. And it's like, you know, there were a lot of people disagreeing with her inside. And it's like interesting how, you know, you can bully someone off of an accomplishment and like how white people have to be centered in everything. Uh, and I feel like she felt like she wasn't cent- being centered in this somehow. And so like you're uh, dragging other people down for making a small, small, contra- uh, uh, a small um, uh, accomplishment in comparison. So like how many covers white people have, have, mm-hmm. have, have shot like over the, like the thousands, all the covers that they've shot in over, you know, since the dawn of magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, and like also she was very successful herself. So it was like interesting how, 
you know, like if you don't have this one thing, you have to drag somebody else down. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, have wanted to, you know, uh, you know, I guess mention that because it's it's not okay. It's not okay. Like we're barely getting this much. You know what I mean? So y'all don't have to have everything. We talk about this a lot, like the seat at the table Mm -hmm. slash like making your own table and how unfortunately you have to do both in a way still because to your point, like these people have to understand, like I am the first and only black person to do this. Well, now there are two, but like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, why is that not happening? And Mm -hmm. we need to have these discussions. But at the same time, it also feels like, yo, fuck them. And like, we'll just do our own shit. And we are. Yeah. So you, you were the first and you said now that there has been a second, do you actively, because being the first is amazing, but does it ever feel like, okay, what can I do to open up the doors mm-hmm. for a second, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth, yeah. a millionth? Yeah, I mean, there. that's been my, like, uh, my mission since all these things have been happening to me. So, like, I'm always, you know, like, like my photo editors that I know, like I'll I'll email intro them to young black photographers, especially mm-hmm. black female photographers, that I I know I love their work, and I'm like, hey, like this person is really talented, uh, you need to work with them, and that's it's gotten you know people jobs, and that's I dope. give people you know advice on like this is how you go about uh, emailing clients, this is how you not clients but like brands that you want to work with, publications you want to work with, you have to follow up, you have to put a spreadsheet together, you have to make this mm-hmm. like I literally. Like all I was doing for months, like two months, was just emailing people, putting the spreadsheet together, <coughs> finding photo editors, uh, emails on LinkedIn, uh, figuring out email handles for Conde and all these, you know, places or whatever. I'll give you know like my email list to yes. um, uh, photographers wow. that I, you know, so I appreciate that work. And, you know, I'm not I'm not giving it to everybody, yeah. honestly. But if I feel like your work is strong and I feel like you like have a lot of talent, I'm going to put you in front of the people that can hire you. So, um yeah, that's like one of my my missions. I'm always bringing on black female photographers and black photographers to assist uh on shoots like sometimes like this last job I was on is like a huge job. And you know, we don't ever get in these spaces. It's not ever, but it's very rare for us to get in these spaces with these big companies, big corporations, big publications, and and to have that experience and to make those connections because that's how white people get ahead yep. uh, in the photo industry. It's like all of the assistants that you see, like they're all being brought up by their friend or their friend of the friend or whoever. So you know, like if I didn't try at all, like all my assistants would be white. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because I just would just. Like those are the people that are working, but like I'm actively bringing people on that have have only worked on a few sets, haven't worked on sets at all, or maybe they're you know working um, regularly, but they need you know more of a boost. Like I'm and and literally trying to bring people on regularly so that they like make those connections. And I'm okay with my assistants making connections on set. Like I'm not yeah, you know I'm not awesome. like you know that funny style. Like yeah, that. I'm not funny at all. Like you know if you can get a job, especially if I'm not in the same market, like you know because I shoot all over. I'm like. Yeah, you better make these connections. Right. Absolutely. That's the yeah. point. And when they do it, it's nepotism. Exactly. And when we do it, it's affirmative action. Exactly. Oh my God. Um I love you said a couple <laughs> a couple times the emphasis on like black women photographers. Um, just wondering if you can speak to that, like you being a woman in photography as a part of your journey and then a black mm-hmm. woman on top of that and mm-hmm. just yeah, how people have received you or mm-hmm. the uniqueness of that. Well, I mean, I think that the reason why it took me as long as how are we on time? Because I know we want to. We got like one more minute. 
We have yeah, five we have minutes. Minute. We have two more pictures. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Because um, I want to show y'all my work. I like showing it. But, um, You're just so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I think that's part of the main reason why it took so long for me to get where I'm going, or where I am, where I'm going. I'm still going places. Mm -hmm. Trust. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but yeah, because you know I was working different places that shall not be named, and you know working uh, with a lot of you know just white men, and I wasn't able to get into, um, I wasn't able to assist because I wasn't you know included in their you know uh, their friend groups or whatever. I was mm -hmm. like the only black person or black woman, and many times working in you know different areas within the photo industry. And, and, you know, my peers, you know, they wouldn't, you know, help me, essentially. They would help each other mm -hmm. constantly. And so, like, I never had a mentor. I never assisted. Um, I was constantly just, like I said, self-assigning for six and a half years uh, because, like, you know, I just wasn't allowed in. So, you know, yeah, I think it's definitely been difficult. You know, it's definitely difficult for black women to get further because even black men, it's easier for them to make those connections because they're making connections with these you know especially white men that are gatekeepers especially to assisting like on a male level you right, know what yeah. i mean but like in my experience if like you weren't hot whatever they think hot is and if they didn't want to fuck you like you weren't gonna you know get in there but mm -hmm. like that's just the way it was yeah let's move on to this photo if you want to yeah. describe it for our listeners can i say fuck on here yes. yeah okay cool what fuck 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 right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is my Essence cover with Diddy and his uh, beautiful daughters. And um, this was interesting because, you know, he is very interesting and very fun and has a lot of energy. Um, but it was also, you know, um, it was an interesting time because, mm. you know, Kim had just passed away. Mm -hmm. And this was the first photo shoot the family had done together in a long time all together. And it was for Essence, uh, which, you know, they had had a history with Essence with, you know, him and Kim uh, and his daughters being on the cover before. So, um, so yeah, this was uh, a big deal for me. And, and it was really just surreal because um, I told this story on my Instagram once, but like, um, when this all happened, it happened very fast. And literally, uh, one day, like, I got a DM from Cato, who's uh, Diddy's personal photographer, and then, uh, like, asked me if I was available. The next day, I was in an Uber pool and talking to Diddy in an Uber pool in my, like, <laughs> in my earbuds. And it was just, like, so surreal because, like, I've listened to his music since I was, like, you know, a little kid. And right. just, like, it was weird to be interacting with his voice with, like, all these people, like, because before I couldn't, like, you know, I was like in an Uber pool. So it was just like, okay, what, what, and I, I could not take this call because, you know, this was his time. So yeah, it was just like very surreal. Um, wow. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. So that's amazing. We're going to go to this. Yeah. What so is this image? Who is that? That is Pete Buttigieg, and he is running for president. <laughs> um, and I shot him for GQ in South Bend and I had him for like 45 minutes. Um, oh, shit. So uh, it's just interesting because, like, you know, you were saying, like, what do you do with a stiff model? And this, you know, someone. <laughs> that was our question. We're like, what Literally, is like shoot this was man? Pete stiff? Yeah. <laughs> On the dock. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you push people outside of that comfort zone, if they're willing, then you can try things. He was so confused our whole shoot. And he was like, pretty much was like, 
was going on, like the whole oh. shoot. But he tried. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, you know, going to get into politics of anything, but like I'm going to be just like these white photographers shooting people regardless of, you know, if they're Republican, Democrat, whatever. Um, like I'm documenting people. Like right. I'm not basing my uh, assignments and, and my archive, especially my archive, off of like, you know, whatever political beliefs other black people want me to hold uh, or like, or at least like how other black people want me to shoot. Cause people mm -hmm. did give me some grief over shooting him yeah. and I'm from Chicago. So like, I understand, you know, different things, but <laughs> you know, um, but also don't come for me because you want us to win, but you only want us to win uh, if it's under your circumstances or yes. under your like uh, viewpoint. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, you said documentation, right? That's exactly. not, Yep, that's objective. Exactly. You're documenting something. Exactly. Right? So did people take this shoot like as though you were like endorsing him? Yeah. Some people were like, "Well, I wouldn't elevate him at all, or whatever." And I'm like, I, I know, literally at use all. that He's word, not Donald Trump. I know, but <laughs> even then, it's like you know, you don't come after these white people that are you know shooting him, you know, like on a daily basis. Just document him for the New York Times. Document him for you know the right. Post or what. You're not coming right. after these people. It's like why, why whenever we, especially black women, do something you don't like, then it's like you want to cancel people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Gail like, King. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I agree with everything that went on in that interview, but like she did her job essentially, uh, and and then you want to like cancel her over you know. And I've met Gail. She's super nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I think sometimes um, we're harder on each other. Exactly, we are. I mean, yeah, we hold each other at a super high standard yeah. because of all the shit. Yeah. Although it was a wrong question, Gail, if you're listening. That follow-up was a little... Well, the follow-up, I didn't mind the question. Yeah, the follow-up follow was the issue with me. So, yeah. not yeah. issue, I don't want to, but, you know, it was, I, I didn't think it was necessary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, should we go to the what would you do? Yeah. So if that. you all know City High. Oh, yeah. We do not own the rights yeah. to this song. <laughs> Everyone clear your low. throat. Lubricate it with some wine. <laughs> what, what would you, you do? do if your son was at home? Crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry. Oh, he oh, I know. See with a man with a little bit of money and his daddy's home. So, and I ain't got a job now. So for you, this is just a good time. But for me, this is what I call life. Mm. Well, you just got signed. Wow. Come back well, anytime. I've music for 10 years. Hey. Can we, can we speed through these really fast? What would you do? Oh, no. Oh, are we done? Yeah. This is yeah. What would you do? Oh, well, I was, can we just speed through the rest of these? You can just go through them. We don't have to talk. Oh, Shade, you're the tech. Techie. One moment. We Shade will pull it up we'll and we will end use? with everyone seeing like all the beautiful work that you sent us. Thank yes. you. But what would you do as a segment in mm -hmm. which listeners can ask us for advice, even though our own lives need some advice? <laughs> um, so someone wrote, Dear BGT, I love you all and I'm a loyal Wednesday listener. As Glenn said, we drop every Wednesday. I have a dilemma that's getting me beyond tight although it's kind of immature. I post my boyfriend all the time on Instagram and he has posted me four times in five years. He posted me three, <laughs> he posted me three times for my birthday and once on Valentine's Day when his outfit was fire. <laughs> Am I overreacting or should I black on his ass? My love language is 
posts of affirmation. <laughs> and I'm not feeling the love right now. Oh. Any advice from Dana? Me? Uh, if he's not claiming you, then you need to walk away. Oh. Mm. If a man is not going to claim, or a man, woman, you know, uh, who, partner, whoever, partner, whoever, uh, doesn't want to claim you, there's a reason behind that. So, you know, yeah. But is he not claiming her? Because he did post her. Is he just, I wouldn't post people on my page either. Four times in five years. To me. I don't know. True. Are we talking weird. like Insta stories or like, like page sure in the feed? Like Seems yeah. like he hasn't done either. I don't really feel like you have to post your significant other on you the feed. You say that now. I just think that's kind of like, I don't know. It's like, like yeah, you date that nigga. We get it. Yeah. Well, if he's like posting his friends and stuff, if it's like, it depends okay, on what the yes, page is. Right. Like, if the page right. is like about your life and things like that, then absolutely they should be claiming you. But like, if it's just like, if it's like a work Instagram or like a, cur- a curated. That's curated. just not his aesthetic. Yeah. Right. right. Then, yeah. But if you post them like every, like, you know, night out or whatever with your friends or whoever, then it's okay. Like, yeah, of course. Okay. That's valid. That's fair. I feel like it's kind of weird. We, we talk about this on our Valentine's Day episode. Shadi where it's Valentine's Day. I just think it's a lot. And it's like these expectations that people put, especially in like social media dating of like, oh, now I got to post you. I gotta, what are we supposed to be like, it's me and her again. Hashtag <laughs> us again. My thing is if you no. know it makes your partner feel good, mm-hmm. why not just do it? Exactly. But what if it makes them uncomfortable? Because I would That's different, really but she, clearly posting. her love language is post, post of, of affirmation. affirmation. I don't know. I mean, I would be curious to know what those birthday captions are. If they were, like, long and extra as hell, then he has no excuse. Like, he posted her for her, her birthday. Oh, I see. If okay, it's like, raise your hand if you think he should post her. Ain't nobody feeling like... Exactly. It depends on what their relationship is. It depends now on what their like, relationship oh, is. I don't know. All right, wait, what do you think? You, you think you, she should post, he should post her? Oh, is she photogenic? That's true. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have much to choose from. No! He doesn't want to get embarrassed. Listen, y'all stay safe out in these dating streets okay. with the Instagrams. So before we have any AV <laughs> issues, everyone, uh, put your eyes up on the screen. Dana, if you want to quickly, like... So what do we yeah, see here? Yeah. Um, this is a shoot that I did for Chromat in uh, Death Valley, California in like 2018. Was this 2018? Yeah, it was 2018. Uh, and this, these images actually like kind of gave people like more, um, more awareness of my work because they were just amazing. I, like I honestly like cried when I took the first shot um, in uh, the desert because I just knew I could like do anything. Like mm-hmm. I knew I, I saw everything incredible. that w- I was capable of. And they'll tell you I was like crying. So I love the sheen. Yeah, her skin is gorgeous. <coughs> oh, we saw, saw this one. one. Saw this one. Oh, that's Brie Larson, who was mm. Captain Marvel, or oh. is Captain Marvel? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I shot her for the Hollywood Reporter, and she was so great. I shot her on like trampoline. I was gonna say, how did y'all do that? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, she's not on a trampoline. She's sitting on something. But like the way I uh directed her and the way she was like willing, we kind of like made it look like she was lighter and like falling um but yeah she was so amazing and literally was going from like pressing the pressing the pressing and then had like a two-hour gap to shoot this and gave me like all her energy wow so it's a beautiful shot thank you we saw that 
Um, this is my New York Magazine cover of Larry Ray, who I don't know if you know, but he started the cult at Sarah Lawrence College. Um, he was just arrested. Um, I shot him last year, uh, like before, like before before all of this stuff hit. But like, this was the New York Magazine article that really put him on the map and like made the investigation. Uh, like very real for him um but he's super creepy and i was gonna say what was that energy like yeah, yeah. was he creeping on you yeah no he basically it's a long story it's a really it's really interesting because i was in new york magazine's offices for a meeting with jody kwan who's the photo director there uh because i was shooting something for them the next day and like she gets a call and she's like excuse me like i think this is larry i didn't know who larry was and um i'm like okay and like she picks up as him they've been trying to get him to shoot for like uh, they had two shoots set up and he flaked both times and he called her when I was in the office and was like, uh, I'm ready to shoot, but only if you shoot me in the next hour. And I was there and she was like, Basically, can you can you shoot this? I didn't have a camera or anything. I have my friend, uh, Paula, who also assists me. I called her, I was like, can you come, um, you know, to, you know, can you come to the city and like, you know, help me with this? And like, we got a camera. And like, he showed up with one of the girls and it was, like so sad like what? yeah like we didn't they didn't run any of the photo i shot both of them and shot her by himself uh by herself wait i shot her by herself and mm -hmm. shot them together and then him by himself but we didn't run any of the photos of her because she just looked so lost it was oh, really really sad uh but yeah he was super creepy um i didn't speak to him that, i didn't want to get that energy on me like i didn't really speak to him that much and he didn't really talk to me uh at all so wait i have a question then and thinking about like how you want to depict this person, knowing mm -hmm. that they're creepy mm -hmm. as hell, and like I don't know, it's just like I guess you want to catch them, catch him in his true essence, right? Because there is a powerfulness, like a kind of menacing kind of vibe to this. Right. That's just know. his energy. And that's just his, his eyes so, are like staring yeah. at me. Yeah, and I sent them this crop because uh, I was like, this is the crop for for the cover. Like I just and they and they ran and I appreciate that when magazines do that, like you know, you send them like. Like, mm -hmm. this is what it is. And they ran it exactly, the exact yeah, crop I sent them. Because um, it's, it's really strong. And that's, again, like, you know, I don't have to agree with everybody. I don't have to, like, like, people can be, you know, criminals like this dude is. And I'm going to, I'm just documenting. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be a litmus for, like, who I can photograph just because I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. Do you want to fight them sometimes, though? Ooh. <laughs> like, if it was somebody, you're like, subjects? I don't fuck with you. No, I just want to get it, get it, and get get Got out of it. there. And that was the same thing with him. Um, yeah. And that's why, I like, building an archive is important. You don't want to have the same thing over and over again. You want to push yourself. You want to be trying different things and and shooting different people, so you have a broad body of work after you die. Yeah. So I think about death a lot. I, know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the that's death a long thing time. came back. Legacy. Yeah, you Legacy. never know. Coronavirus. You never right. know. That's not uh, um, this is some work that I shot for. That Fujifilm funded, um, mm -hmm. and that I shot uh, in, in conjunction with Fujifilm and, and PDN, the magazine, which is no longer around. Uh, but it's my interpretation of some of Herbert's um, work and with black people, uh, my version with black people. Uh, and this is Melody Monroe's and Scott, I can't remember his last name, but Bernhard, Scott Bernhard. Touching it too much, uh, <laughs> Scott Bernhard, and um, and I just love working with people who are just willing and like uh, trust me creatively. And we couldn't get this off because he was she was literally up on his shoulders. He's like over six feet tall, 
and she was literally up on his shoulders and he was holding her up and she was only bracing herself with her forearm and her leg. Wow. So that took a lot of... And um, just looks like it's nothing. Wow. Exactly, yeah. Wow. Um, I shot that for... Uh, uh, I know the magazine. It's an online magazine. Uh, the Zoe Report. Uh, Mecca Williams, okay. uh, style this. I don't know if y'all oh, yeah, know who she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. She, she's really great. Um, but yeah, we shot this on a beach uh, out in New Jersey somewhere. Maybe like, I can't even remember. But it's not, it's like an hour and a half away from here. That's a clean wow. uh, You wouldn't even think. Yeah. You wouldn't think. Like on but location. I love this work. And like this work was also in the New Black Vanguard show yes. Um, yes. at Aperture, which I was also in the book, uh, which came out last year. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was major. Um, we're I think we did it. You yes, just mentioned yes. Paula, who's a mutual friend of ours. I yeah. love her to death. And she yeah. posted something recently. She reposted a photo of the two of you, uh-huh. like lovingly, like embracing each other in a field, which actually was, I guess, like the front yard of somebody's Oh, that's her front yard in her house. Yeah. yeah. But it, the caption was so beautiful, and I feel like it kind of encompasses what we've been talking about today, and I'd be curious to know how you respond to it. She okay. says, one day, hopefully soon, we're going to look back on all the BS we go through in the photo world and laugh our asses off while we eat at eat a luxurious spread on location someplace amazing and jump in to direct a concept for dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. But for now, we hug through it and bitch to each other about making pennies, getting crumbs from the big boy table while we chase it. I love her. I just literally just sent her a text that I'm grateful for you. Um, But yeah, um, it's real. You know, I am lucky. I know I'm, I'm an anomaly. Like, people aren't making you know, to be real, the money I'm making right now. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, I hope that's only the beginning. I know it's only the beginning. I aren't getting the same jobs I'm getting. And and, and it's, it's so difficult. You feel like you're just getting scraps. And I was that for so long. I wasn't even getting scraps mm-hmm. for, for most of my career. So, like, I know what it feels like to feel, you know, unappreciated, uh, to not be seen, uh, to feel like you're not being seen and 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 to like dream of like what your future could be and like believe me you your future could be whatever it is you want it to be you just have to keep pushing I'm not saying it's not going to be easy you have to figure out what success looks like for you um yes. but and you can't look at it like what other people are doing because that's the quickest way to feel like shit and I even do it still myself like you know but um but yeah, I think having people around you that like believe in you, like you know, I have my friends here on the front row and here, like Jeremy right here, which you know is also your friend. Yeah, but like Jeremy has been, you know, has seen what I've gone through since the beginning and like knows like everything I've gone through. Helped me on Scruggs and everything. So you know, it's just you have to have people around you that will support you, even when you don't have a name, when you're not. It's not cachet to be like oh uh, associated with this person or that right. person. Exactly. So yeah, love it. Damn. Oh my gosh. I, I keep thinking about, did you see that thing Lizzo posted or Chance posted where yes. she's interviewing Chance? Lizzo was posted. So she posted yeah. on her, in, or Chance posted on his Instagram a back, way back in the day video of Lizzo interviewing him for some like small, I want to just guess and say little magazine in Houston. Um, and it's just crazy because he was like, I'm just so proud of where what you've come, like what is happening now. Mm-hmm. And I just look around the room, and I ha- there are so many people here that are working on interesting, creative, like groundbreaking things. And I'm just like, in about ten years, we're about to be 
Pop it together. Like all not together. Even we are popping. Not, not even, even ten. ten. Maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like Whenever Trump's not term. president. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Believe your goals will happen like shortly. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, I feel like when people are like, oh, like like five years, ten years from now, it's like like, and of course, I'm always like, you could be dead five, ten years But literally, oh, but that's man. how you have to think. Because if you think about the the fragility of life, that will push you to yes. like, create what you need to create. Absolutely. And, like, and anything can happen. Like, my life literally changed, like, less than two years ago. Like, less than two years ago, I was living in a room where I could barely, like... If I was going like this, I would touch both walls. Mm. And I lived there for four and a half years. And then two, uh, four and a half years before, or four years before that, I was like sleeping on couches and all this kind of stuff. So like literally now I have my own apartment. I, you know, am traveling for work. I'm like, you know, I can help my mom out. I can help my family out, you know, and that happened in less than two years. So like mm. you have to believe. Um, and I know belief can be difficult, uh, but you have to envision. Everything I've spoken has happened. Yes. And you have to speak your dreams into yes. the world and into the universe. And you can't be afraid to tell people what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. People are like, oh, like, you know, G's move in silence or whatever. It's like, fuck that shit. It's like, you don't tell people what you want, then you will not network or meet people that are like, oh, I can help you with that. Or, oh, right. I'm doing the same thing too. Right. Or, or, oh, like I can give you some inspiration somehow. You have to talk to people. You have to tell people who you are and what you want. And that's how you get it. I love that. On that note, <laughs> damn, I know. Okay, guys, so I have an idea. Instead of doing our formal, like, do you have a question? Like, why don't we just, like, mingle? Yeah. Because we have oh, such yeah. exciting people in the room. Everyone's working on something. Like, why don't we all just meet huh. someone new and talk about what you're doing and talk about your goals, your dreams, manifestations? How do we feel about that? Is anyone against that? All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Wait, but before we leave, we just want to say thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. That part. <laughs> Leo, um, <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time after work. We want to thank you, Dana, for yes. your amazing insight, for sharing your, your work with us. Um, yeah, and thank you. Oh, and on and every also, episode, we have a black girl doing shit. That's your job. Yes, the black a black girl that's doing shit, mm -hmm. killing shit. You are our black girl doing Thank shit. You. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything like really exciting coming up that you can share with us? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a really big job that we kind of spoke about. Someone that is a part of that job that I can't say what it is, but it's coming out in eight months, and I'm really excited about it. And that's what I shot. Well, I broke my ankle on, uh, but uh, but yeah, that is is really big. But um, what else to have coming out? Um, sure, have, you don't want to drop a little exclusive here on um, Black I shot Stacey Abrams again, but I Woo! can't say what for. Oh. Um, I shot her for Rolling Stone last <gasps> can't year. Can't say what for. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but I love her. She's so amazing. She loves Battlestar Galactica too, and we totally missed <laughs> out on that. Uh, and Doctor Who. Um, and then uh, I shot a Shea Moisture campaign. Uh, oh, the so one with all the fine the men. men. With beards? No, not that one. Oh, okay. it's something new that just There's came out. Showing. Um, that would be up your alley. Men. Yeah, I do yeah. love men, honestly. Yeah. Do they love me? I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm like, we don't have to get into two. that. <laughs> now we got. The, now we can get to the juicy bits. Yeah, well, not too juicy, unfortunately. Okay, but just, please. <laughs> uh, There's but, Babe Land for that. 
Um, there's Babeland. Oh, I haven't been there yet. Oh, oh you girl, should you go. Need to go. Go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Paula actually saw my dilapidated dildo the other day. <laughs> it's actually not a dildo. It's not a dildo. It's a um vibrator. A vibrator. Yeah. So she was like, girl, you need to get another one. It's dilapidated, but it still gets the job done. So. Okay. You know what? I I have one of those yeah. that I'm like, this is old faithful over here. Yeah, yeah. like we not going. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Oh, you know, like who um. game is? <laughs> I got a real one toys. at oh. home. Anyways, <laughs> uh, thank you so much um, for this. Yes. We really appreciate it. And also, you can support us by going to blackgirlstexting.com. There's a support tab. Glenn doesn't have Wi-Fi currently, no, that so is untrue. That she is needs untrue. help. Um, also, you can go to Instagram, blackgirlstexting is our Instagram. Dana, you want to shout out your Instagram? It's my name. It's Dana Scruggs, D-A-N-A-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. Yes, yes, and be sure to check out our partner outlet.fyi. Yes, thank oh, yes. you so much. <laughs> thank you all for coming. Yes. All right. Get someone's number. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, I'm in the world again. That was I'm so weird. That's so weird. We had like one sis. thing on like a deck. And then we had the others and another one, and I was like, shit, where's the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure if you could only hear this, because we were like, like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, we didn't Chelsea know what time it was, so we were like. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Jonathan Shokrian. I was inspired to start MeUndies because I was sick and tired of all the underwear brands out there that didn't feel like they represented me. I wanted to recreate underwear and make it comfortable, fun, and expressive. If MeUndies had one rule, it would be just be yourself. Self-expression is a big part of our company because we want everyone to feel like they can represent themselves. It's all about me. Our original fabric is made out of micromodal. Many have a hard time even just pronouncing it, but it's so soft and buttery, you just want to rub it on your face. MeUndies comes out with more prints than any other underwear brand in the world. New prints every week. Some of my favorite prints are Funny Bones, our 420 prints, and even St. Patrick's Day. Best of yet, we offer MeUndies in sizes extra small to 4XL, so there's something for everybody. If you've never tried MeUndies, we want to give you 15% off plus free shipping. Just go to MeUndies.com slash J-O-N. That's MeUndies.com slash John.